We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 7. I'll get there in just a few minutes. Remember, the business meeting of the church is this Wednesday, and we encourage all of you to come and be a part of that. Uh, All members and those of you who may not have went through the membership class yet, but have been attending for at least six months, you're faithful in supporting the church through prayer, tithe, offering, and service, you're welcome to come and be a part of that and cast a ballot as well. I love these young ushers, don't you? Because we need to teach kids to know the Lord, and then when they know the Lord, to serve the Lord. So I love that when we see them growing up and serving Jesus Christ. I was actually writing these notes a couple of weeks ago prior to being called Oklahoma for my dad. It was on Wednesday afternoon. I was sitting in the office working on the outline, and I got a call from one of our tenants in the plaza, and they said, we've got a problem. There's water flowing into our unit from next door. So because I'm the property manager, too, I got up and went down there and checked it out. And sure enough, there was a plugged line next door, and it was backing up into their unit. And I just had to start laughing. Because I'm sitting here writing an outline about overflow and what's happening in the plaza, overflow. Now, it's not the kind of overflow I wanted to deal with or the kind I want to talk to you about today because it stunk a little bit. You know what I mean? But it showed me God really does have a sense of humor. And the moral to that whole story is this. Your overflow will always affect someone else. Remember that statement. Your overflow will always affect someone else. Let me ask you this morning, do you want a normal church or an average church? See, the average church is what we see today. The normal church is what we see in the book of Acts. Do you want a normal church or do you want an average church? Do you want to be your church to be a container or do you want your church to be a conduit through which the blessings of God flow? Do you want your church to be a reservoir Where we gather and we gather and we gather and we keep and we keep. Or do you want your church to be a river? A river of life flowing from the throne of God that touches and brings change into those around us. In our text, Jesus had went to Jerusalem to observe the Feast of the Tabernacles. Sent his disciples on ahead and he came then separately. Because the Jews wanted to kill him by this time in his life and ministry. And on the last day of the feast, is how our text begins, the great day, the the Jews at that point would go to the pool of Siloam and draw a pitcher of water from that pool and then go back in through the water gate to the temple. And then they would take a pitcher of wine and pour it into a basin as a drink offering and pour the pitcher of water symbolizing the reign of God that brought prosperity and help and peace to them. And in all this process... There is a choir walking with them, and this choir is chanting Psalm 118. Let me give you a little idea of what they're saying. They're saying, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His mercy endures forever. They're saying, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. They were saying, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. They were saying, I will not die, but live and declare the works of God. They were saying, open to me the gates of righteousness. I'll go through them. I'll praise the Lord. 
This is the gate of the Lord through which righteousness shall enter. <clears throat> they were saying, save now, I pray, O Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Jesus was watching this ceremony. He was hearing these chants. He understood the significance of that pitcher of water. And then he began to say these words, John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Do you understand the significance? The water has just been poured out. And now Jesus is making an application <clears throat> to his life and to his ministry. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And the scripture goes on to say, who, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Then John adds this parenthetical note when he says, but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Father, in this place, be glorified today. Let Jesus be honored today. Let wells of living water begin to flow in the lives of men and women in this room today. Give us a desire to live in that place of overflow. To live in that place where our overflow affects those around us. In his name I ask it. Amen. See, Jesus stood that day and said these words because he knew all those Jews who had came to the Feast of the Tabernacle, they were going to go home and they would have a memory. They would remember that ceremony. They would remember that feast. They'd remember what a great promise God had given to them. But they wouldn't have a reality. There was a difference between our memory and our reality. Jesus stood and said, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He is saying there is possibility for you to have a reality to know me, to live in me, to walk with me. You don't have to just have a memory. You can have a reality. I want you to hear me in this service this morning. I don't want you to leave here just with a memory. I want you to leave with reality that Jesus Christ is alive and well. He is our Lord and Savior. He walks with us. He talks with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. I want you to know that you know that you know that he is alive and well and living in you. More than a memory. I want you to have reality in your heart and your life today. Psalm 85, verse 6, the psalmist said, Wilt thou not revive us again, so that thy people may rejoice in thee? <clears throat> Can I tell you, we are living in a day when the church, that's me and you. That's me and you. Look in the mirror every morning and say, that's me. I'm the church. When the church needs revival. The church needs to be re-energized. The church needs to be re-centered. The church needs to be refocused upon the truths that are eternal. That there is living water we can have. There is reality we can partake in if we'll just come to Jesus. Things that have happened over the last couple of weeks in our nation tell us beyond a shadow of a doubt that our nation doesn't need revival. The church needs revival. Our nation needs repentance. Listen, America is on a collision course with the judgment of God. And it's not going to end well. 
But I believe in this course, God is longing to pour his spirit out one more time through his church to the world and see great revival occur. Would you say that with me? Lord, revive me again. Revive me again. Revive me again. Revive me again. Breathe life into me. Let the living water flow through me. Wilt thou not revive us again? So that your people can rejoice in you. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of churches I won't darken the door of because they're dead. All that's there is a memory. I'm looking for reality. I want to be a part of a people of God who will say, Lord, more than anything, we are thirsty for you. We are hungry for you. We want to see you. We want to know you. We want to experience you. Because when we come to that place that we are revived, we are living in the overflow, it affects those around us. Changes hearts and it changes lives. Jesus was saying to this religious crowd that day, it's time to stop enduring religion. And start living in the overflow. Start living in that place of joy. Start living in that place that God has prepared for you and me. What does it look like? Well, Acts chapter 19, the Bible says that Paul went to Ephesus. He found a small group of believers there and he said to them, and whom, whose baptism had been baptized. And they said, John, which was a baptism under repentance. He baptized them in the name of Jesus, laid hands on them. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with unknown tongues. You see, they begin living in the overflow. They experienced something they didn't know existed. Acts chapter 8, great persecution came on the church in Jerusalem so that the preachers were dispersed. Philip went to Samaria. Last week, Marisol Martinez did a great job talking about the Samaritans and the Jews and how those things didn't really work together with the story of the Good Samaritan. But he went to Samaria. And he began preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. It says miracles occurred. People were saved. Sick were healed. And great joy entered the city. Why? Because someone who was living in the overflow came to a place of dryness and barrenness, spoke a word of life, and people were changed. When we're living in the overflow, there ain't nothing going to steal my joy. When we're living the overflow, we can deal with everything that comes against us knowing we are more than conquerors. It's more than just a little scripture. It's truth in our heart and our life. So we need to understand to live in the spiritual overflow. This isn't really anything secret, but it's what the word tells us to do. Some churches have a 10-step plan for growth. I have a plan. It's we're going to live in the overflow. The Holy Ghost is going to move in this room. Sinners are going to be drawn to Jesus Christ. They'll be changed by His power. Oh, hear me. It's time to live in the overflow. 2019 is a year of overflow in Christian Heritage Church. So how do we get there? Well, it's real simple. Jesus told us. The answer is thirst. Anyone who thirsts, let him come to me and drink. The answer is you've got to be thirsty. You need to understand today that we can't have just a little bit of Jesus and be content with that. I want just enough Jesus to get me into heaven. Just enough Jesus to let me miss hell. Oh no, friend, that's the wrong attitude. I want all that he has for me. I want everything that he's got laid up in store for me. I want every gift, every blessing, every favor. I want to walk in the power of the spirit of the living God. Lord, send the overflow because I'm thirsty. 
I'm thirsty. The answer is thirst. And he said, when we thirst, rivers of living water will flow through our being. You notice it says flow through our being. And he wants us to be intentional about that, to understand when we are thirsty, it makes a difference in those around us. When we're thirsty, it makes a difference in those we come in contact with because we overflow. And there is a difference, my friend, in being empty and being thirsty. There's a difference. There's a lot of church folks that are empty, but they've never got thirsty. Until we get thirsty, the emptiness, the void will never be filled. We have to be thirsty in order to receive the overflow from the Spirit of God. I ride a Harley Davidson sitting out in front. Can I tell you, I've never once put gas in a thirsty tank. But I put gas in an empty tank a lot of times. Don't you go there about running out of gas. I'm not going down that road. I know where your minds were already at. I hear it all the time. I've never put gas in a thirsty tank on that motorcycle. But time and time again, about every 200 miles, I put gas in an empty tank. There's a difference of being empty and being thirsty. Religion leaves you empty, but an encounter with the living God leaves you thirsty for more. It brings you to the reality that He is real. And what He wants to do in you and through you is mighty and powerful. It takes you out of that place of being average and moves you to the place of being normal in the kingdom of God. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? The scripture says... Taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you tasted of Him? Because I believe when you get a taste of Him, you're going to want some more. When you get a taste of His forgiveness, when you get a taste of His mercy, when you get a taste of His grace, when you get a taste of His provision, when you get a taste of His presence, it's not enough. You want more. It's like some of you in chocolate. One little piece won't do it. You need a whole lot more. When you get a taste of him, you want more. When we begin to say, Lord, I'm thirsty. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want more than I have right now. It moves us to the place where we can live in the overflow. Where we can live in what God wants to do in and through our lives. Listen to me. Emptiness focuses on our lack. Thirstiness focuses on our need. Now, I don't know about you. But I need you, Jesus. I need you every hour. I need you every day. I need you in every aspect of life. I need you to flow in and through my life. When we start talking about living in that place of overflow, a lot of people think, well, if I could just get to that meeting, if I could just get to that church, if I could just go to that conference, Can I tell you, overflow doesn't come because of a meeting or a church or a conference or a man. Overflow comes because the man, Jesus Christ, has promised anyone who thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Oh, friend, you're looking in the wrong direction. Look up. Invite him to fill you and overflow you. That's where overflow occurs. Isaiah 12.3 says we should draw joy from the wells of salvation. That tells me that every day I go back and I get some more. 
You see, if we think that what we had when we got saved or when we were filled with the Spirit or last year is going to sustain us and keep us, I've got news for you. It won't. We need to be overflowed again and again and again and again with the power and the presence of the Spirit of God so that we live in that place where every day, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. I need more of you. Yesterday's blessing is not sufficient. What you got in 1982 has already run out. And you're running on empty and don't even know it. You need to come back and let God give you a thirst and fill you up once again. We recognize that the source of overflow, it's not a man, a meeting, a conference, but it's Jesus himself. Jesus is the source. If anyone is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Jesus is the source. He's always been the source for overflow in our lives. Listen to me. Holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. We need to understand and keep things in perspective. We need to understand revival is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to revival. We have to understand it's through Him. When we seek Jesus, what does Matthew 5, 6 say? It says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Filled. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for the things of God? Are you thirsty for more than you've received? Are you thirsty for what God wants to do in your life? He said, Jesus said, if you're thirsty, then come. You catch that? He demands a response. He didn't say, if you're thirsty, sit down. If you're thirsty, go ahead and participate in the festival of the Feast of the Tabernacles. He didn't say, if you're thirsty, be awed with the, uh, with the water ceremony. He said, if you're thirsty, come. What does that mean? It means we have to respond by faith to Him. We have to step out and say, Lord, this is what I want. This is what I desire. And I believe when I respond to you, you will fill me. Until I overflow. You will do a work in me until I overflow. Is it possible to become so thirsty that our soul cries out for nothing more than a cold drink of water from the Holy Spirit of God? Have you ever been in that place physically where you were so thirsty? So thirsty. My wife used to say, I'm parched. She's parched. She means she's thirsty. That was her common word. I'm parched, right? Absolutely, it was. By the way, that's one brave gal right there. When I asked her about the terrorist attacks in Kenya and whether she still wanted to go, she said, yes, God has an assignment. Yes, I'm going. No, I will not back away in fear. She's tied her her horse to my cart, and we're going to go forward. Amen? Bravery right there. I admire it. I applaud it. I believe in it. God's going to watch over and give her a great harvest. Amen? But have you ever been so thirsty? When a drink of water is all you craved. I was last year on the Hokahay. Was riding through Nevada in the desert. It was over 110 degrees. The sun was beating down. There's no air conditioning on a motorcycle. You know that, right? I bought a couple of bottles of water before I left Utah, or excuse me, Idaho, to go down into Nevada. But I drank those. I was so dry, so thirsty. And literally, I was in the middle of nowhere. It was 100 miles between gas stations. And I got so thirsty on that bike, I thought, how am I going to make it? And I came up over a little rise in the desert, and there before me was an old, almost a ghost town. 
Used to be a motel, used to be a gas station, used to be a hardware store, all shut up. But when I noticed something, I noticed a shade tree in front of the motel and a water hydrant at the back of the motel. And I pulled over, I put that bike on its stand, I got off, I walked back to that water hydrant, I turned it on and it worked, it was wonderful. I let that water run all down my head and then I drank deeply and long. Then I went and sat in the shade. You know what happened? I was refreshed. I could get up. I could get back on that bike again. And I could go the next hundred miles to the next place because I had found a place of refreshing. Oh, when you're in that place, you're so thirsty. Nothing else will do. I've come to tell you, there's a shade tree named Jesus. There is a water of life that flows through the Holy Ghost. And all you have to do is stop your life, stop the confusion, stop the chaos, and kneel before Him. And when you do... Oh, that water of life is going to be refreshing. Those burdens you carried in roll away. That concern you've been living with is minimized because suddenly the Holy Spirit of God brings things back into clear, sharp focus. So just imagine with me, you're in a desert. You've been two days without water. Your eyes are red and blurred from the heat and the sand. The soles of your feet, even though you have shoes on, are are scorching hot because of the temperatures of that desert floor. And you see a man. He's got a pitcher of ice-cold water. You can see through it. It's one of those clear pitchers. You know it's full of water, and you can see the ice cubes inside. You know it's cold because the condensation is dripping off the bottom of that pitcher. And you walk up to that man, and that man says, it looks like you need a drink, some refreshing. I'll give you my water. Are you going to say, oh, no, sir, I've got an agenda. I've got too many things to do. I don't have time right now. Can I continue what I'm doing and then come back? Of course you're not. You're going to stop. You're going to take it. You're going to drink it. And you're going to thank him for saving your life. That's where the church is right now. Jesus is standing with a pitcher of ice-cold water. The condensation is rolling off the bottom of it. Tom, will you come back? And he's saying to those of us who are in a desert place, a dry place, all you have to do is reach out and receive. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm thirsty. Lord, I'm thirsty. And he's going to give you that living water. See, for hundreds of years... Churches have been confused between busyness and business. We get caught up in the busyness and we forget God's business. And when that happens, we become desperately thirsty. And when we're desperately thirsty, we become cantankerous, judgmental. We become ready to walk out. Listen, people leave churches for the dumbest reasons. Do you know that? You know why they really leave? Because they're thirsty. Because they're thirsty. Because they're thirsty. Oh God, would you not fill us again with the power and the presence of the Spirit of God? You see, if we're going to wait until we have time or it's more appropriate or I've got a few things to do before we begin to seek God and ask Him to fill us, we're going to wait the rest of our lives. We're going to bounce from pillar to post. We'll never be satisfied anywhere God's people meet because we are thirsty. But we're blaming it on them. 
It's, it's an internal thing. It's you and me. We have to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Look around you. See what happened in the state of New York this past week with the abortion at birth bill. Do you not know our nation needs God? But before our nation sees God, God's people have got to stand up and say, Lord, I'm thirsty. I'm tired of living in this barren place. I'm tired of the dryness in my spirit. I'm thirsty. I want more of you. If anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Are you ready to live in the overflow? Are you ready to say, I'm thirsty? Tom, lead us out. Stand to your feet with me across this room this morning. It's time to say, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.